Jordan, where you at? Hey, y'all, raise your hand. Everybody see Jordan over there? Jordan, what happened to you? There you go, praise God. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. God's word. Take your Bible and turn to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. Father, bring your word today. Bring your truth. Preach your word. May we receive it, Lord God. Bless us as we hear your word. Lord God, you speak to your people, Lord God. We ask. Lord God, give me clarity of speech. May we honor you in everything that is done here today in Jesus' name. The church says. Amen. Mark chapter 7, starting in the first verse. He's, he's not coming. The Pharisees, some of the scribes, gathered around him when they had, when they had come to Jerusalem, from Jerusalem and had seen that some of his disciples were eating their bread with an impure hand. That is unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews did not eat unless they carefully washed their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And when they had come from the marketplace, they did not eat unless they cleansed themselves. And, and there are many other things that they have, uh, they have received in order to observe, such as the washing of cups and pitchers and copper pots. The Pharisees and the scribes asked him, How do your disciples not walk according to the traditions of the elders, but eat their bread with impure hands? And he said to them, Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, Thus this people honored me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men, neglecting the commandment of God you hold to your tradition of men. Verse 9. He was also saying to them, you are experts at setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your, fa and your mother. And he who speaks evil of their mother is to put, their, of father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or his mother, whatever I have that would help you is horrible. That is to say, give it to God. You no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus invalidating the word of God by your tradition, which you have handed down. You do many things such as that. Verse 14. After he called the crowd to him again, he began saying to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. I want to stop there just for a moment. So we have a situation here where Jesus is approached about specific things, approached about how the disciples are handling, handling things, and Jesus comes back and he gives them the scripture about their traditions and everything. Now go back to verse 8 for a minute, for a moment. Neglecting the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of men. Now, we know the greatest commandment that was given by God to us. Jesus said what? Love your neighbor, love the Lord thy God 
with all thy heart, soul, and what? And then also, then the second one is likened unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself, right? But here he says, he doesn't say the greatest commandment. He says, neglecting the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of men. So I want you to do me a favor and hold your Bible in Mark chapter 7. And I want you to turn to 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. I want you to get a good understanding of the commandments. Once again, hold Mark. Don't, do not lose Mark. But go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And go to verse 6. For after all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you. And to give relief to those who are afflicted, and to us as well, when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Verse 8 reads, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God, and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, when you have to obey something, that means you've been commanded to do something, correct? And he says here that those retribution is coming against those who do not obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? What is the gospel? What is the gospel? Come on, guys. The, the, that's the commandment we've given, but the gospel, what you say, J.R.? It's his word. The gospel is the, the gospel is the good news of the salvation of those who don't know Jesus Christ. You can come to know him. We've been commanded to obey that. You can't sit here day in and day out and ignore the command of the gospel of Jesus Christ because guess what? You will be excluded from the eternal blessing, which is an eternal relationship with our Father in heaven. We've been commanded to do that. Now, now hold first, Second Thessalonians. Go back to Mark. Let's look at verse 8. Notice what he told the Pharisees. Neglecting the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of men. He's saying the commandment is to obey the gospel, not the whole tradition. Your tradition hasn't saved anyone. Your tradition hasn't changed any lives. Your tradition hasn't drawn anyone closer to God. But the only thing that's going to bring you closer to God is going to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. There is retribution. There is going to be, there, there's going to be a price to pay if you don't come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's going to be a price to pay if you don't stand up and you don't acknowledge Christ as the saving grace, as the saving king that came in and plucked your miserable soul from an eternal hell. There will be a price to pay, and God will deal out retribution for that. Go back to Mark chapter 7. So, look at verse 14. 
After he called the crowd to him again, he began saying to them, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to do a little, John, come here. Come here, John. Jim, come here. Tina, come here. Jerry, come here for a minute, please. JR, come here for a minute. Come here. Come here. Come here, Mark. Come here. Come here, Todd. Come here. Come here, Todd. Come here, Jim. Come here. Sam. Sam, come here. Oh, yeah, I got you. Come on, Chris. Come on. Come here. Come here. Come here. Ernie. Ernie, come here. Clay. Clay, come here. Come here. This one is clipping right this way. This is Come here. Blair, come here. Come on. No, no, come on. No, no, face me. Come on here. Come on here. Come on here. Turn around. Face me. Face me. Okay, come on, Miss Anna. You came on. I didn't call you, but you did. I want you to look. Go back to Mark chapter 7 and look. Look what he does in verse 14. This is exactly what he did. He said, he said, after he called the crowd to him again, he began, I'm not Jesus, but I'm saying, come on in here. Now, look what he says. He says, listen to me. I want you to listen to me, all of you, and understand. You see that vision? Jesus pulled the whole crowd in and got him focused on something. He got him focused on him. Y'all looking at me? Are y'all paying me some attention now? Are you looking at me? You ain't got no choice. That's right. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Listen to me, all of you. What do you think they're doing? They're listening to him, all of them. He called them in. Okay, y'all go sit. I'm proving a point here. He preached all of this tradition and everything, and then he said, he said, because you know, the Pharisees are doing all this stuff. And he says, come here, y'all. Come here and listen to me. Listen to me, all of you. Now, at the end of verse seven, 14, he said, and understand. There is nothing outside the man which can defile him. Stop right there. There is nothing without outside the man that can defile him. Nothing, no, nothing that is, hey, this coat doesn't defile me. This microphone doesn't defile me. What, what, what does defile mean? Defile means nothing outside of you can spoil you or mar you or, or even ruin your life. There is nothing external that can ruin you. Y'all like, okay, now, Brother David, I don't really agree with that. Hold on. There is nothing external that can ruin you. Not the ruining that you lose your house, your car, your home, your wife, your dog. You know, it kind of sounds like a country music song. I don't know, I get it. Not that kind of ruin. But the ruin or defilement that completely separates you from God. Amen. There is nothing outside of you that can do that. Now, I'm about to take everyone's life, and I'm about to snatch every excuse, every reason, every justification you ever had for not doing something away right now. It's about to go. And you're going to sit there, and you're going to feel convicted. You're going to feel like garbage. 
Praise God. I hope we all walk out of here with advanced disposal on our side that we feel just like garbage when we walk out. Because the goal is for you to get back. There's nothing. He's, now keep in mind, he pulled them away from that situation that they were in. He told them, come over here, listen to me and understand. He sucked them away from the Pharisees. He got them away from the scribes. He got them away from all the garbage that was influencing them. Is there something on the outside that can influence you? Sure, but it can't ruin you. Now, nothing. When he says nothing, what is nothing? Nothing is nothing outside of man. So in other words, who said zero? Who said zero? You said zero. Zero. Okay, good. I mean, it's zero. We got, we got some zero things that are from the outside that can defile you. So if I go and I dive head first into a septic tank that's full. I will smell bad. I will throw up. I, you all will. But it didn't defile me at all. Okay? I know, Amy, that was gross. Right? <laughs> if it, because look at this, it can defile it. If it goes into him, but the things which proceed out of the man. Or what defile the man? I can put it in. We'll get to that. See what proceeds out. I want you to, if you have, if you're highlighting, highlight proceed out of the man, or what defile the man. What comes out of you? Because everything that comes out of you determines how you are with God. Everything that comes out of you determines how you are with God. Because guess what? I was this skin color when I got saved. And when I got saved, my skin color didn't change. Right? I had... A little bit of hair when I got saved. <laughs> My decision to go nice, all natural <clears throat> was because it's what it looked like. Okay? My voice. My voice didn't change. I didn't start speaking the King's English when I got saved. Did y'all? Some people do. Okay? Look at verse 17. When he left the house, left the crowd, and entered the house, his disciples questioned him about the parable. And he said, are you so lacking in understanding? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from the outside cannot defile him? Because it, goes in, because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach and is eliminated. Thus he declared all foods Clean. Get this real quick. Okay, because we got people abstaining from pork and all this other stuff. I told y'all my opinion about bacon. Y'all know how I feel about bacon. I'm going to eat pork until I die, which might, if I keep eating it at this rate, then no telling what, but I'm going to eat it. Amen. But that doesn't defile me. 
But there's defilement. Everything that comes out. Notice he says it doesn't go into the heart, right? I'm going to say this. All these external forces in your life, your job, your school, your spouse, your kids, your car, your house, your enemy, your, 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 your political views, all of those other things are not the reason why you don't serve God the way you should. They're not the reason why you don't stand or sit or whatever God is asking you to do. Those aren't the reasons. Your children playing sports are not the reason why you don't do what you're supposed to do. Love people the way you're supposed to love them. Speak kindly. Speak kind words and encourage them. That's not the reason why you don't do that. You can blame work. You can blame, well, my child has this to do and that to do. You can blame all of that, but that is not the reason why. It is what's inside and the desires in here that determine what you're going to do for God. I'm not trying to get everybody, to, everybody should have been in Atlanta. That's, you got to do your call. But what hinders you? None of the external forces that you experience, none of the external forces that you experience in your life cause you to do the things or not do the things that you're supposed to do. I want you to get an understanding of that. Because if you're going to sit there and you're going to blame work or school or whatever on why you're not doing this and why you're not this and why you don't behave like this and why this person speaks to you this way and you speak to them that way, if you're going to blame someone else for causing you to react the way you react, it is not that person that's causing you to react. It is what is right here that wants to come out and react the way it reacts. I want you to get that now. We're coming up on January. And I'll get calls. I'll get texts. We'll see, we'll, see we'll see the programs. We'll see the news. People making New Year's resolutions. I want to get closer to God. I'm going to start going to church more. I'm going to start doing all of this. If that's so true, then what happens when you stop in April? What internally happened to you to cause you to stop? Because you can blame the workplace. Well, they got me working 60 and 70 hours a week. I got you. But that shouldn't affect what happens internally. What's the basis for that comment? Look at verse 20. And he was saying, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For within, from within, out of the heart of men proceed the evil thoughts. Now let's stop right there. The evil thoughts. We probably want, probably want to equate that to murder and rape and incest and pornography and all of that other stuff, right? You know, the big things, right? We want to equate it to that. What else is an evil thought? Running someone off the road. Very good. 
road rage. Okay, now look, we don't have to make this about me. Okay, I got that. <laughs> I got that I have road rage. This is road rage, which I did quite good going through it in Atlanta. I'm not going to ask my wife, but I'm going to ask Miss Linda. Didn't I do real good going through it there? Yeah. I even made her stop giving me directions. <laughs> yeah, no. What are evil thoughts? Gossip, backbiting, not wanting to get. God, it's okay. Don't you know it's evil to reject anything that God has placed into your life and you reject it? That is an evil thought, y'all. So, no, you may not be out there sleeping around and killing people, but if you are rejecting. His word in your life, if you're rejecting his calling in your life, guess what that is? It's an evil thought, and you cannot blame the outside world for doing that to you. Amen. Thank you, Brother Roy. You cannot blame the outside world. I got all of this to do. It's because you have elected to do that. It started here. Listen, I can, can I blame the restaurants if I want to stop and eat, eat at every last one of them? I got to eat at every restaurant between here and my house. And I don't have any choice, but I got to do it. <clears throat> Who, and, and, are, are they making me do that? It's my heart desiring to do that. If I want to walk up and pull Jamie's beard right now, <laughs> that'd be some pulling. <laughs> that's me that's doing that. If I determine not to forgive someone, it's not their actions that made me determine not to forgive them. It's right here. If I'm supposed to teach children's church, which I'm just using you as an example because I know you're doing it, but if I'm supposed to teach children's church and I say, eh, I don't think so. That's an evil thought. That's an evil thought. And there's nothing else. You can say, I'm not teaching children's church because Brother David, he's got a big nose. I'm not teaching children's church because Brother David's bald. You can blame that on me all you want. It's you don't want to do it because it's right in there. It's right in there. From within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts. We can technically stop right there, couldn't we? There's justification for every person that had their knees bowed, their knees bent, their heads bowed, asking God forgiveness because of the thoughts that are proceeding out of your mind, right now, out of your heart, right now. Isn't it? But God ain't done with you. Receive evil thoughts. Fornication. David, don't the children are okay. Good! They need to get it. <clears throat> Fornication is wrong. That's something else that proceeds that without getting too graphic, that's something else that proceeds out of your house, out of your heart, that you desire to do against God. Okay? Theft. Theft. What is theft? Are you a stealer? Are they going to correct me on that? It's like at work now, you know, I've got 19 days left before I leave. 
So they don't say I'm leaving. They call me. They say, you're a Libra. You are a Libra. Are you a Libra? Are you a Libra? Yes. Murder. What is murder? Oh, no, it's not. Go back to Matthew chapter. Go back to Matthew chapter 5. They believe in What is murder? Hmm? What is murder? I tell you what. Hmm? Angry? Angry. Did you find it there? Did you find it there, Roy? Read it, Roy. Matthew chapter. You go 521. Go. You have heard that the ancient people, you shall not commit murder. Whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. God says to you, everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. By whoever says to his brother, if you did for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. Whoever says you fool shall be guilty enough to go to the fury of hell. Stop right there. Murder. What is murder? You see, you may not have taken someone out physically, but you've taken them out spiritually in your heart. And that keeps you, that keeps you out of out of doing what you need to do for God, that hinders, that gives you, it's not that they cause you to make them angry at them. Did it? They didn't, you know, yeah, they may have done something to you, but you have the responsibility, you have the ability to not respond to that in an ungodly way. Go back, go back to Mark, chapter 7. Theft, murders, adulteries. Adulteries. Nothing new here, folks. What is adultery? See, adultery is the other thing that keeps you from serving the one that you love, if you truly love him. Adultery keeps you from being where you need to be with the one you love, if you truly love him. Adultery is what? Adultery is me forsaking her and dating him. I got to get as graphic as I can, right? That ain't going to happen. We know it ain't going to happen. Neither way. Some things you just don't want in your head. Go to James chapter 4. Go to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Put it up on the screen. If you can give me a minute. From within, not that one, James chapter 4. Can you put it up there? Hold on. I was about to read March ever. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is it not the source that pleasure that wage war in your members? In your members. Not go back, go back, go back. In your members. In you. Your members. Your heart is a member. Those things 
It's inside of you where the war is being waged. It is not on the external side. You can keep blaming things and blaming and giving excuses and putting priorities in front of God, but God is not going to accept the fact that when you stand before him, well, God, I didn't, I didn't obey my calling because I was working. Well, not good enough. Go to verse 2. You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you ask amiss. Keep on going. You ask for the wrong reasons. You do not receive because you ask with the wrong motive so that you may spend it on your pleasure. Now, verse 4 will stab you in the heart. Go there. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Keep on trying to do what the world is doing and let it keep keep on letting it suck you out of your ministry. Keep on letting it suck you out of your worship. Keep on letting it suck you out of loving people. Keep on letting it suck you out of being kind to people. Keep on letting it affect you. God is telling you clearly the external does not affect the internal. You're changed from within. Live it. Live that change from within. Overcome. Quit trying to be what the world is doing. Quit trying to. I've preached this before. Yes, I understand. But y'all don't. Y'all. Oh. Andy was sharing something with me early. And I was in total agreement with her. And I'm going to share it, okay? He was saying, you know, I spent a week at the theater, Brother Dave. And, and I'm going to paraphrase her. He said, it made me realize some things. I said, how really lost this world is. And I, said, I, I had to concur. Had to concur. Yes, exactly. You take homosexual people, which we had to deal with. God despises the act. He hates the act. As much as he does, you commit adultery on him. But we react in a way that is hateful and, and, and bitter. And, and in days of grace, God has never commanded us to be hateful and bitter about anything. Where has he done that? I'm not justifying homosexuality. It's wrong. And, and guess what? If you're sitting in here today and you're homosexual, let me tell you something right now. You are living a life that is not pleasing to God. And he will not permit it. If you are his, he will stop you from doing it. Same thing with you that are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you're gossiping, he will stop you. Because he will not allow you to bring his great name down and claim all of these frivolous things about who he is. Does he love you? Yes. Does he like what you're doing? No. So stop it. Amen. And those of you that are anything other than what God has commanded you to do or commanded you to be, he will correct you and get you in line. But what he has told you to do, Mr. Christian, that is sitting here, 
and, and, and lives in disgust and all of these things. He didn't tell you to sit there and be mad about it and talk about it. He told you to get up off your sorry sack and say, let me tell you something about your life. God loves you so much. He doesn't want you going down this road. He wants you to correct your ways. I'm not just preaching to you. I'm just looking at you. But I want you to know something. He wants you to stop what you're doing. He wants you to, if you're going to claim him, you better live for him. But what I want you to do right now is understand this is the standard. God loves you. And he wants you more than anything. He desires you more than anything. He died for you more than anything. That's what we need to be telling this homosexual gossiping adultery world is that the love of God is not judging you right now. The love of God is bracing you right now. But he wants you out of that mess that you're in and he wants you back lined up with him. Amen. And only him. So you can <clears throat> y'all got a decision to make. Y'all got a decision to make. And you need to let your children see your decision. Am I going to forsake the world? And serve God, or am I going to forsake God and serve the world? Because Jesus said it's not from outside that's affecting you right now. It's what's bubbling over in your heart. That's what got you. So you can live a defeated life, and, and you can cave to the world, and you can continue to show God hostility. You can continue, continue to neglect your family. Husbands, listen to me right now. I'm on a soapbox right now. You're men of God. Get your heart right and start showing your wives and your children and your family how much you love them. You hear me, men of God? Brother Wayne, I know you, you have trouble speaking and people understand, but you're still a man. You're a man of God. Be that for Brenda. Determine that. Don't let some old weak-willed person tell you what you need to do. You take control of your house. You take control of your spiritual life. You take control of the spiritual life of your family. And you help them to live the life that they need to live for God. Stand up. Be the man. And tell them, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this. But Joey, he wants to play ball. I don't care what Joey wants to do. I hatch Joey, and I'll ship Joey up out of here if I have to. <laughs> Men stand up. Men stand up. Now look at yourself. Look at yourself. Whatever's in here, whatever's in here is going to help determine where this church is going. You hear what I'm saying? You're men 
of God. Be that. Leave. There's not a woman in here. I'm here. You hear what I'm saying? There's not a woman in here that don't want you to leave. There's not a woman in here that don't want you to take the reins in a godly way and be who God created you to be. If there's a woman in here that has a problem with a man leaving them, let me know right now. We'll counsel. But God has defined it. So you set the standard. Let what's in your heart, let what's in your heart come out for the love of God. Let it be truthful to God. I mean, this is not about trying to fix a country, y'all. This is not about trying to fix America. This is fixing the spiritual lives of our homes and getting them lined up with God. Let me tell you something. When you get it right, all the women in here, they'll see. Well, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what he said. And those of you that don't have men in your lives right now, guess who you got to look to? Jesus. And Jesus is working through these men. Men start working. Get lined up. Sit down. Women stand up. Y'all ain't gonna like this. Yeah. Let me turn it up. But you ain't gonna to me. What did that? What happened there? You But you the example. That's got to get that unbelieving man going. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You that example. Through your chaste behavior. Y'all, this is all about lining you up right now. This is about all of you getting lined up with God and what you should be doing and what's in your heart. Great your husband. We love him, don't you? And he's the spiritual leader of your household. Submit to that. And when you see him out of line, what do you do? You don't, you don't, if you smack him, you got to talk. <laughs> what you pray for. And you continue to be humble. This ain't about you overpowering man. Because when you try to overpower man, you're over, trying to overpower God's design. And he didn't make it like that. This is about you pulling on the strengths that God has given you as a woman. And he's given you so many strengths. And if you pull on those strengths, and when you pull on those strengths, guess what? Because you got a pastor right now. And let me tell you something, women. Come here. Come here. Hey, you, that's my baby. You're my sweetheart. Come on. I was lost as a sock in a washing machine, right, Miss Ruby? As a sock in a washing machine when I met her. When we married, we were unequally yoked. She was saved. I was lost. Do you know she didn't yin, yin, yin me and, and badger me and tell me what she was going to do? And she didn't pull off her earrings and her shoes and threaten me. She did hit me in the back of the head with a diaper one time, but I deserved that. But anyway, she didn't do any of that. You know what she did? She followed the scripture to the letter. She prayed for me and had chaste behavior. And guess what I did? Husbands, I looked at her and I was like, wow. Look at that. 
I get my act together. And I came to know Jesus Christ. So the scripture says specifically, so that they may be won over by your chaste behavior. All those men that were standing up, you want them to act right? Be a chaste person. I surrendered my life to Christ because I had a praying mom, I had a praying wife, and I had a woman that she never got in my face, told me what I was doing wrong. She always got on her knees before a God that loved her and loved me. You see, this is what the church needs to be learning. This is what the church needs to be learning. So women, this one, the pressure's on you. What's in your heart is going to determine where this church is going. Sit down. Please don't think I'm mad. Please don't think that anything has happened. Please don't think anything like that. But I want you to understand that God, and he told us in Mark chapter 7, the things that come out of us, what's really affecting us, that no matter how many things are going external, it shouldn't change our lives the way they do. I'll give you an example. And we're going to close. We're going to worship if the Spirit wills. June 1920, excuse me, January 1920, 21st. Me, my wife, Kent Montgomery, Christy Montgomery, Maggie Walker, Jason Walker, Luke Walker, Matthew Walker, eight of us. We're going back to the plan. We're going back to the plan. 2019 um, here in Michigan. Now, June, January 19, 20 to 21st, that's the weekend after my granddaughter originally planned to celebrate her birthday on that weekend. Now, most of you might look at me and say, okay, you're going to go on your granddaughter's birthday? <coughs> it's missions. <coughs> if I'm going to teach my family, the priority. Then I have to start again. Call my daughter and say, sweetheart, we know it's Tana's birthday that's weekend, but we, we have to go to Kentucky. And I, I made the attempt to try to change, but God didn't want me to change it because that was the day he gave me. So the birthday can be changed. Because the work of the mission, even though birthdays are important, I get that. But the work of the mission, if it's going to be to lead one soul to God, what's more important? That soul is celebrating a birthday. I ask you as a church, you can judge me. You can tell me I'm wrong, right or wrong. I'm, look, I love my children. I love my family. I love my grandchildren. But they've got to see me stand in a way, and they've got to see what's pouring out of my heart. They got to see what's pouring. And if they can see nothing but Jesus Christ pouring out of my heart, wow, that's a win for God. 
It's not a win for me. It's not a win for man. It's a win for God. And, and, and guess what? Then maybe, maybe Ken, stand up, Ken. Maybe Ken will have the courage to say, Katie, guess what we're not going to do? There you go. Katie, guess what we're not going to do this year? Maybe he will. That's the heart that's starting to let, quit letting the external things. Nothing from outside the man can ruin you, but inside can. Mr. Sanders, stand up. Stand up. If you, if you take that stand, guess what happens? God sees. Wow. Your crown is not in how many birthdays you celebrate. Your crown is not in how many activities you get your children wrapped up in. What is your crown wrapped up in? What is your crown wrapped up in? The service of God. So let that be in your heart. Let it overflow. Okay? I don't know what you got. I don't know what you got. We're going to close. Question. We didn't sing. We're all right. Any questions? There is nothing outside the man which can defile him if it goes into him, but the things which proceed out of the man. Or what to follow the man. If nothing but Jesus is proceeding out of you, but if your thoughts are of anything else, your heart is made of anything else. Woo! Brother Roy preached that. You walk out of here today and say, Brother David, get in my business one more time. If Brother David gets in your business one more time, you're going to get used to it. Okay? Everybody has bowed. Everybody has bowed.